Thank you guys for tuning in to the Dope Vision Experience Podcast. It's your boy, Frank Nitty. I'm back for another episode. I want to say thank you to each and every person who took the opportunity to share with you my thoughts and my opinion about what's going on in our world and what's going on in our culture. Man, this week, you know, I'm doing a recap on The Shy. Man, if you guys haven't been watching, we, we're up to episode two. Um, this is going to be the recap, man. I hope you guys really have been enjoying the show. You know, it's season four. You know, season three was, you know, a, a turning point in the show. And so, so now we're down to season four and we're kind of seeing where things are hitting. They're touching on some very you know, some deep topics and things that's been happening in our culture, especially with police brutality, you know, just uh, different traumas, diff different things that people have been dealing with. But, you know, this show is kind of reflecting what's been going on in the culture for sure. Man, but before I get to talking about that, you know, I just want to continue to tell you guys what's going on in the culture right now, what's going on in our world. And of course, what's going on is about this vaccination stuff. We know we had California to jump on the, the vaccine along with, you know, Indiana, and then we saw also have Maryland and New York. And now you got we got West Virginia, but they're doing something totally different, man. They, they're doing a, a one point five million dollar grand prize. The second place is going to be five hundred eighty eight thousand. But the crazy thing they're doing, they're offering guns. They're giving you custom hunting rifles and custom shotguns and fishing license and hunting. Well, I get it. You know, they're trying to do whatever they take to kind of get their people uh, vaccinated. But I think it should be a choice. I think you shouldn't be incentivizing people to take the shot when we don't necessarily know exactly what the shot is going to do long term. I know they're just trying to get people vaccinated so we can try to get back to life as normal. But I think it should be a choice. I don't think people should be, you know, incentivized with things that they're already going to do because people are in tough situations. So they're going to definitely jump on the, the lottery thing. They're going to jump on it because they need money. They want to get that opportunity to try to win some money. And, and I just think they're just kind of wrong, man. I think they're kind of finessing people. I think it should still be, you know, a choice thing. I think you should be able to decide whether you want to do it or if you want to wait on it or if you not want to do it at all. I don't think you should be pushing people with things such as like uh, monetary values and hunting license and, you know, different things like that. Of course, they're going to be offering other things like vacation, state parks and lifetime hunting. But that's it's just different, man. I, I don't think they should be doing that. And uh, like I said, they should say, hey, look, we got the vax for people who want to get vaccinated. Of course, you're going to have the first early adopter people who are going to jump on it early. But then you're going to have those who are going to want to wait it out. But then if you throw this in their face, say, hey, we're going to give you a million dollars. Like, why aren't these using why aren't they using this type of money to kind of help, you know, get people into school? You know, like, you know, I have my different issues with going on with colleges and things like that. But if those who want to go to college that can't afford to go to college, why not offer these type of things, this type of monetary value to these kids to go to school? I know California try to say, hey, if you're from the state of California, you can go to, you know, the in-state school, you know, of the choice for free. That didn't even come about. But so, you know, I just think they should come up with some type of program to kind of help, you know, those who can't go to school or who wants to go to some type of trade school or barber, cosmetology, things like that. Like these are things that people can always put their hands on, because sometimes you go to these four year colleges and you are, you know, putting a lot of debt and then you get out of school and you can't find a job in the career that you you've been studying for for the past, past four years. So. I think these things have kind of need to be put into play where, you know, somebody need to go to a trade school, somebody want to go to cosmetology schools or somebody want to go to culinary school. These are so be, if you want to incentivize people, incentivize them with something that they can actually use throughout their lifetime, not just something where giving somebody a, a million dollars, because if you have a million dollars and you don't know how to manage a million dollars, you're just going to blow right through it. And it's going to mean nothing for you. It's going to change your life for a quick second. And you're going to go back to being broke because if you can't manage a thousand dollars, you can't manage a million dollars. So to incentivize people, 
people those type of things i think it's just a way to finesse people but you know like i said if they want to kind of help people along give them something that they can actually use to kind of you know better their life better their family life and change the trajectory of their family because people need the tools people need the resources they need ways to be able to provide for their families and not just give them hand them money if you teach a man to fish he'll, you know he'll eat for a lifetime but if you give a man a fish he'll only eat for a day so these are the type of things I think they should be doing to kind of help people if they're going to try to do a finesse or a vaccine type things, give them something, some tangible things that they can use to kind of better their life. So with that, man, I want to go ahead and kick the podcast off. You know, I always want to keep you guys plugged in on what's going on, man. Like I say, always grab your lighters, pull up if you're in the gym, you're in a car, in a train, turn me up. Let's get it. Thank you guys for sticking around to the Dover Experience Podcast. Your boy, Friday, I'm back, man. I'm going to go ahead and kick this off. Man, we start, we saw Tree kind of open up the scenes, and he's kind of struggling with the situation that's happening to his brother. Of course, his brother got beat down by the cop. The police brutality that's been happening in Chicago is kind of happening all over the world, and they're touching base on it. And so when, you know, Tree having flashbacks of, you know, his brother kind of getting beat up, and then him jumping on a cop later that night, because he did kept, catch the cop running, jogging through the city or something, and he caught him up under the, the train station, and he beat him up. And so he's kind of having that flashback and wondering if Kevin's going to have some trouble. One of Jake is going to have some trouble with that going forward, man. He's just let him know that, hey, look, it's okay. You know, if you're not feeling okay with this. And of course, Jake just being a young teenager. He's like, yeah, I'm going to be okay. You know, because they did, you know, he beat him up and gave him a black guy and roughed up his hand. And so, you know, Trigg is kind of trying to look out there for his little brother because he knows something like that can kind of, you know, mess with his mental. And so because Jake is actually getting ready to go on a school, you know, a school tour for colleges and things like that to go hang out with the homies and kind of see what that college atmosphere is like. And so he's just like, let him know, like, hey, look, man, if you're not if you're not OK with that, that's OK. You know, what I mean, trying to let him know, open up the doors, let him know, hey, if you want to talk about it, then, of course, we can go in and we can talk about it. And as we talk about, you know, his friend Kevin, because his boy Kevin was there as well. And Kevin's kind of like really having trouble right now. He's really going through something. And we've seen the shift that's kind of happened in Kevin. Man, Kevin used to be the happy guy. He used to be the, the optimistic guy. He's always been kind of straight and narrow, you know, where you had, you know, Jake was kind of, you know, he was having a tough bringing. He was up with his brother. Then his brother got killed. He's living with Duda. His mom is on drugs, but Kevin, he kind of has somewhat of a, a okay situation where he had his mom there. He had his sister there. You know, his mom married, you know, a young lady. So she's married. So, you know, he kind of been on that straight and narrow, but lately he's kind of been having that, that downward spiral. He's starting to drink more. He's starting to smoke more. And he's really being, you know, defiant because his mind and his mental is actually, he's going through something. He's going through that trauma. That trauma is building and you can see it. And because he doesn't want to talk to anybody, and that's what is just making it worse. And he's he's actually turning towards the, the drugs and the alcohol and those things that kind of numb the pain. Because he's kind of like having that situation, having that, that replay in his head, should I have done something? You know, Jake was getting getting beat up. Should I have jumped in? Should I, you know, what should I do? And, and a lot of us are having that, having that mindset, like, what do we do? Because you say what you're going to do until you're in that situation. And he caught himself up into that situation. And now he's having a very tough time. You know, his girlfriend, Gemma, she's on, you know, her her uh her straight and narrow path of you know what she wants to do she wants to go to college she wants to major in such and such and he's not really feeling that right now and they're not really seeing eye to eye and i can see their relationship kind of turning left real fast because he's just having such a tough time right now and she's just like 
wondering what's going on with him. His parents wonder what's going on with him. And he's not really talking, especially, you know, just seeing his sister get kidnapped and get raped. Now she's pregnant and she's going to, you know, what she's going to put the baby up for adoption. So he's just having a lot of trauma that he's going through. And he's not he's not actually talking to anybody. And that's the worst thing you can do. Not talk to anybody. You can kind of like stay to yourself and get in your own corner and get into your own thoughts. And just bad things are going to happen. And as we see Emmett, he's having some nightmares, man. Emmett is having nightmares that his girlfriend, or his now wife, is going to find out that, you know, that he slept with Dom. And he's just wondering, like, what's going to do, what's going to happen, you know what I mean? He doesn't want to lose his wife because he's always been this fuck-up kind of guy. And now he's trying to get on the straight and narrow. He has the restaurant. He has the restaurant with Dom. And his guilty, his conscience is actually getting to him. You know, every day he's kind of, like, every day is, is bothering him. You know, he wants to be the right guy, but he know he has this fuck-up in the back of his mind. And he knows that his girlfriend now wife tiff is just not going to continue to put up with his mess and we can see tiff you know she's actually trying to get her weed business going she's going to the dealers and he's kind of like feeling self-conscious about this you know he's feeling more insecure about this because he's going to these you know these rappers she's going he, she's going into these different studio sessions and she's doing her weed delivery and he's just like feeling very insecure because he knows that he can lose her for something that he did he wakes up and he's wondering like, hey, did I do something wrong? She's like, no, what are you talking about? But she knows that something's been off with him, but she can't quite put a finger on it because she knows how he is and how he acts on a day-to-day -day basis. And she knows since they got married, he hasn't been acting right. And of course he hasn't been acting right because he smashed Dom and then he runs out, get a wedding ring for his girlfriend, Tiff. And he tries to cover up, but then now his all of his, his guilty conscience is coming back to play and come back to haunt him. And so with him just actually not telling her, it's just eating him alive. Every time they have a, a, a conversation, it's eating him alive. And you can see it, it has to come ahead at some point. He needs to just go ahead and tell it, come clean, and just deal with the consequences. We know Keisha, man. Keisha has been doing a lot, has been having a lot of issues. Of course, you know, she got kidnapped and got raped by the guy. And now she has a baby and they're going to see, you know, they're going to have a, a doctor's appointment. They're going to see the sex of the baby and hear the heartbeat. And everybody's in the room and she's just always been concerned about the baby. But now they're telling her that the baby is going to be, you know, 100% good. Everything's going well. You know, the pregnancy shouldn't, you know, last much longer. And they're all in the room and she's just having those thoughts because she doesn't really know what she wants to do. She doesn't, she knows she wants to get the baby up for adoption but she wants the baby to be in a, a great situation and wanted the baby to be in a two-parent household as we saw earlier in the season in episode one she wants the baby to come up in a good situation better than what she had she doesn't want the baby to be in a single family home she wants the baby to be in a, a great situation so they have a, a better opportunity but in my mind i think that she's going to keep the baby the way that she's been acting the way the things she things have been going down but to keep a baby from a person that raped you and then the person died to see every day to see that that person would kind of always remind you of that trauma that you had but that's a child you know they didn't actually be here so that's her choice she has to decide what she wants to do and she's kind of wrestling with that choice and that's that's one of those big things that's been going on plaguing her for this entire couple of episodes that is that things is heavy on her what does she do and every day is a countdown is getting closer to the day that the baby's going to be born as we see Trig, you know, Trig and the money, they've got this situation going on at home. And we see Trig pull up to the to the jail and one of his homies get out of jail. He goes to pick him up and, you know, we get introduced to a new character. We don't know really what this character is about. We don't know if, it, if it's really his brother, is his friend. We don't really have a, a clear background, a clear story on this young guy that, that he basically went and picked up from jail. 
he brings him back to the house they have a party for him and the guys you know what i'm saying he just let them know like man i'm out let's go home i'm ready to get it i'm ready to get popping i'm ready to get things done. going he's like nah man just slow down we're gonna get you to the crib man he's asking me hey is money gonna be okay with me staying with him and of course man he, he Treek hasn't told him money that, that his home is gonna be staying with him at all and so she's a little concerned about when he comes in and, and the way he kind of gives her the eye he gives her the he gives her that straight out of jail look like, hey, I want some of that. And he already let him know, like, hey, look, man, this ain't this ain't the one. You know, make sure you keep your hands off of her. You know, keep your hand, keep your eyes off her. Do what you're going to do, but don't be don't be messing with her. And so he and so he money pulls pulls trigger to the side and they have a nice little quick one on one. And she's like, hey, look, I thought it was going to be a small party. She was like, hey, look, this is my man. You know, he's home. And he's and he's like, look, like basically trick. She basically trick is now about to tell her that the home is going to be living there with them. And she she's just not feeling that. She was like, look, man, I didn't sign up. For this but you didn't tell me anything about this of course there's that that natural back and forth that the the couple's going to have when the gentleman when the young man doesn't tell her what's going to, what's going on he doesn't enlighten her and let her know his plans he just kind of like spring it on her. and she's like man look okay you know and he's like look he pleaded this case to her like you know that's my homie you know he he, he did a bid for me so i so it may, must have been something that happened in the streets that got him locked up and so trig kind of want to you know feel like he has to take care of him you know because he throw him throw him a cash a water cash when he got out of jail brought him to the crib got the party got the drinks for him and of course you know say so he want to hold him down because that's what you do if somebody do a bid for you so you know money goes along with the plans like hey look he can stay here for a short while but he got to be ready to get him an apartment and now we kind of move on to Duda. Duda's kind of really feeling himself right now. You know, he's the mayor of the city and he's kind of like not really taking anything, any advice from his council. He's letting, you know, he's kind of butting heads with the people on his council, the man that kind of, you know, endorsed him, let him know like, hey, look, I'm the head nigga in charge. Like, I'm that guy. Like, you know, don't, don't, don't come at me like this. This is what, this is my job. This is what I'm doing. I'm going to run things the way I want to run. And they're like, you know, his wife and his other councilmen should let him know like, look, man, you can't be just out here just willy nilly doing what you want to do. Because as we saw, you know, Duda, he goes to see the police officer that beat up Jake. So, of course, he wants to stand up for Jake. He wants to be the big man. He's kind of feeling himself because he, he got a little power now. And so he goes into the room with them and he's like, hey, look, you know, I see that you have a pattern here. And the police officer feels like, hey, look, man, you got me attacked. You got me beat up. And he's like, man, I had nothing to do with that, which he didn't. He didn't tell Trig to go beat him up or anything like that. Trig did that on his own, but the police officer feels like that he sent somebody to beat him up. And the police officer trying to plead his case, like, "Look, man, you know, you know, I'm just out here trying to do my job." And he's like, "Look, man, I've seen, I, I see a, a pattern that you got going on. You, you're attacking young black men." He's like, "No, man, I'm not attack. I got five boys at home." But of course, the guy is gonna, you know, going lie, trying to stump himself. Up. But he's actually out there brutalizing our, our young, our young kings in the neighborhoods like they do all over the country. And so, you know, now Duda feels a feels an obligation that something needs to be done. You know, he has to do something. And so, what he does, he leaves out of the out of the police officer's um, uh, room that he was at the hospital, and he goes out. And of course, the the cameras are out there, the, the lights are flashing, and he's ready to kind of give his speech. And he lets him know, like, hey, look, before he leaves, let the guy know, like, hey, look, you're my subordinate, so you know I can basically do what I want. And so once he gets out there in front of the cameras, he kind of gives a speech and letting people know, like, you know, this is not going to be tolerated in my city. Things need to be changed. And he screams out, hey, look, man, this guy's fired. You know, he's no longer employed by, you know, Chicago PD. And so that kind of starts to fire because his team is looking at like, what is he doing? He's not counting. He's not thinking about this. And the guy lets him know when he gets back to the room, like, look, man, he's like, these are, and Duda tells him, man, like, these these are the things that they, they elected me for. He's like, man, but you, you got to worry about your campaign. He's like, look, I'm not worried about a campaign. He say, I'm not campaigning now. And the guy lets him know, like, hey, look, man, you're always campaigning. You're always campaigning. 
because when you're in the office, you always have to, you can't alienate the people on one side to satisfy the people on the other side. And that's the problem. Like everybody wants to be friendly and want to ride the fence. Sometimes you got to make a bold decision. You got to make a bold choice and you got to ride with it. And if people don't rock with it, people don't rock with it. You have to make the hard choice. You have to make the tough decision and you have to live with the situation and outcome that happens. And that's what Duda doing right now. He's like, man, he's tired of what's been happening. Things have been going the same way for a long period of time and nothing has been done. They're not protecting our people and our black community out there. And I'm here to do it. Basically what he's saying. And so he lets him know, like, look, I'm going to run the show my way. You guys need to get in line or you get you get gone. So now we we kind of transition back to where the kids are actually going on the, the school tour. We kind of see uh, Jake and you see Kevin, you see Gemma, and they're all on the school bus. They're supposed to be going on this college tour. And Gemma's excited about her college tour. So she's filming videos. And of course, uh, you know, Kev, he's just not into it right now. She's trying to get him to be excited about the tour. And, kinda, and he's just not feeling it because he's going through his own trauma. And as we see on the scene when he's on the bus, he just like, he feels like he's just floating through things right now. He's floating through life. He's not really zoned in. He's not focused like he used to be. And because he used to have his boy Brandon where he can go and talk to, you know, anytime he has a situation, you know, Brandon was like his big brother. He can go in because they had a tight bond together. He can go sit down, you know, Brandon give him a fresh, fresh cut and he can kind of let him know about the situation that he's going through. And then Brandon kind of gives him that counseling as a big brother and he kind of talks him through those things. But now he doesn't have that person that he can go and, un you know, and, and physically or mentally get that dump off. You can't, you can't dump those situations off on somebody to kind of give them some counsel to kind of let them know like hey this is how you should approach it or think about it this way or i would do it this way or i'd do it that way he doesn't have that anymore so he just kind of going through life and just kind of floating right now he doesn't he doesn't feel like he's totally zoned in and so they kind of continue to go through the college tour and you can see jake is kind of like he's kind of on the other side a little bit he's kind of being okay with what's going on you know he's kind of using that um that that, that situation that happened to him to his advantage because while he's on the bus a young girl comes sits beside him like look man i'm sorry for what, what happened to you i'm down with black lives matter and he's like hey how can i help and she kind of gave him that eye like look you know you can get some of this if you want and so he's like, oh, man, you know, it's going to take me, you know, six months to get my hand back right, which he just told Kevin that he's going to be out in two days. And so Kevin is kind of feeling some kind of way right now where Jake is kind of like, you know, I'm kind of OK with it. You know, what I mean, I'm moving on. You should, too. And so they're kind of kicking in and having having fun while they're at the college tour. And Jim is kind of like just just nagging him. And of course, she's just one of those persons who's really focused. She knows what she wants. She knows she's very conscious of what's going on. And she's very she's a third eye. And so she's giving him the talk and he's just like, man, I don't want to hear it right now. I don't want to, you know, he's going through his own, he's going through his own stuff and he just don't want to hear with Gemma. So Gemma's kind of giving the black rundown about, you know, about college and how she feels how college is, is made for, it's not made for the American people. Got to chase the dream and, you know, how college puts you in, you know, puts you in a four-year school. You know, you get to meet, you know, it's the good and the bad about the school where she kind of let them know, like you get to go meet new friends, you get to meet new people, do different things. But at the same time, you go into college for four years, you collect all this debt and you come out of school and you don't have anything to show for it. Um, and, and, and that's what she's kind of letting them know about the other side of the coin when it comes to college. And, and Kev just like, I don't want to hear this right now. Like, like, what are you doing? Don't, I don't want to hear what you're talking about. And so they get into a little spat and he run, he walks off and try to find find Kev, of course. I mean, find, try to find Jake. And of course, Jake is up there about to get his smash on with the young girl that he met on the bus. So now we cut back to the scene where we see 
Emma and his pops, they're actually in a store and they're looking for something for to get back to their, you know, his class reunion they're having. I think they're having this 40th year class reunion or something like that. And so they're running, wandering through the store and his dad's like, you know, talking on his, his earpiece like he always is. And, you know, Emmett think he's talking to him like, man, would you just tell her the truth? Just do this. And he's like, man, you think I should tell the truth? He's like, man, I'm not even talking to him on the phone, man. And so he's just like, ah. Oh. And then they see, they see Keisha and they're working in the store. And of course, Emin and Keisha has a nice special relationship where they've always, of course, they, they dated when they were in like season one, they were smashing and all that good stuff. But then they have their own little you know situation that kind of broke them up. But they always been able to you know talk to one another. So they always been able to counsel one another where she more or less counsels him about, you know, women relationships and stuff like that. So he's kind of like, let him know like, hey, look, man, I got a situation going on and, you know, I don't know what to do. And he's like, man, and she's just like, just tell the truth, you know, and basically let him know like, hey, look, go out and just tell Tiff the truth. Like, you know, whatever's going on, whatever's on your chest, go ahead and tell Tiff the truth. And so they're just kind of going back and forth. And, you know, he kind of need that, you know, because he's been going through a lot. You know, that guilty conscience is weighing heavy on him. And so he decides, OK, man, I need I think I do need to tell the truth. You know what I mean? So, you know, that's the little counsel that they need that he needed, you know, to kind of push him over the edge because, you know, he's always listening to Keisha and what she had to say, because nine times out of ten, she's right. And because she has his best interest at heart. You know, and as we see Keisha in the store, she's trying to work. She's trying to, you know, indoctrinate herself back into her normal life. Of course, she's pregnant with their baby. And she's always been seeing and seeing people on on, on the social media talk about her and kind of, you know, talk about her situation and things like that. And while she's working, she bumps into an old friend that she hasn't seen in a long time. And so it feels like a little awkward moment where the friend kind of like, oh, man, you know, hey, Keisha, how you doing? What's going on? And then they kind of pan down to, you know, Keisha pregnancy. And the girl's like, hey, are you all right? And Keisha goes, yeah, I'm okay. You know, everything's okay. And you can kind of see that awkwardness that they have because, you know, they they don't talk to Keisha, you know, because of the situation. But it's almost like a shame that she has to carry that she got kidnapped and, it, and she got raped and got pregnant by this guy and the guy got killed. And it's almost like a shame on her when it's not really her fault. You know, it's not her fault. Or she shouldn't be you know, she was the victim, so she shouldn't have to be shamed about what happened to her. But of course, she feels that shame and the girl kind of wanders off and she goes over to the next section. Hold up, hold up, hold up, man. We're going to take a quick break for our sponsors. This this week's sponsor is going to be Printify. Printify is a fast growing, transparent print on demand network, instantly connecting merchants to major print providers, allowing them to sell custom print products that are printed, shipped directly to the customer. Use promo code DOPEVISION for 30 day free premium access again. Use promo code DOPEVISION for 30 day premium access. When you're ready to get started, make sure you click the link in my show notes and that's going to take you directly to the page. This is your boy Frank Nitton. Back to the show. So now we, we shift back to over to Tiffany. We see her just kind of, you know, going through her weed deliveries. And, you know, this this one this one guy that she always delivers to, he's always hitting on her. He's like, look, how's that? How's that life? How's that married life? And she's like, oh, you know, it's the same. You know, basically, basically, you know, it's like we've been together for so long. You know, the marriage really hasn't really changed anything because we've been together. And so he was like, you know, he's letting him like, hey, look, you don't sound happy. You don't sound like a happy wife. And she was like, you know, you know, it is what it is. You know, he finally got his shit together. And so, you know, this is how, you know, things are right now. And he's kind of kind of getting and letting her know like hey, look if he fuck up no i'm here for you and so she's just entertaining because she's just trying to get her money like hey where's my money you know he gives her the money and then she ends up leaving 
And so we know how that situation gonna end. You know, at some point she's gonna, you know, she's gonna fall back if, if Emma ever fucks up, you know what I'm saying? She's gonna fall back and that's gonna be her fallback guy because of course he's been showing her attention and that's what's gonna make her feel good. But she's, you know, she's trying to be a good wife and, you know, stand up and do the right thing. But you already know once Emma kind of lets her know what, hey, you know, I fucked up, what's she gonna do? She gonna run to, she gonna either, you know, clam up and be mad at him or she gonna run back to the guy that's kind of been showing her some attention. But you just don't know how, how it's gonna end. So we, we paying back to Duda. You know, we know Duda, um, he's now had another, he's he's have an impromptu um, press conference. And it's Constantine like, what are you doing? You can't just have this impromptu press conference. We can't just do this. He's like, look, I can do what I want to. And so he goes out and he's telling, he's talking to the media and the media is like, you know, hey, what's going on? And he's like, look, I'm here. I want to let you guys know that things have changed. We're not going to continue to keep going down the road we've been going. You know, they're not protecting our, you know, the police department's not protecting our, you know, our young black community. You guys are brutalizing us. And what I'm going to do, I'm going to defund the police. And he and things go crazy at that moment. You know, his counsel team is looking at him like he's not he hasn't discussed this with us. Like, how can you go and do something like this? You can't just talk about defunding the police. And they're kind of trying to show you this the flip side of what we talked about when we was going through the, all the riots and stuff. And they were talking about all the, the defund the police, but nothing ever came of it. But we wanted they wanted to show you the other side of the coin if it were to happen. Like somebody's gonna step up and defund the police. And this is what he's doing. He's gonna he's gonna he's put it out there. He's now he's gonna be defunding police and he gives the budget their the millions of dollar budget that they have per year. And that's what it's gonna take. It's gonna take take pulling some of that money out of those budgets because these these police fund budgets they have so much money in them and they can dictate who they get into a, a certain position because they have this money that's backing them. They have leverage. And these officers and these, you know, who's out there on the force, they know they have this, their pension set up for them. They have all this money that's going to be allocated, allocated towards them. And so they know that they can kind of get away with things because they see it happening day in and day out around the country. When a police officer gets jammed up in a situation, he gets off, he still gets to get his pension and things like that. So, you know, they're going to just reallocate that money when it comes down to defunding police. And with him saying that out loud and saying that he's going to do that, it definitely is going to shake up people. The police officer is not going to be happy about that because they're supposed to be there protecting and serving, but they're kind of using that as a way to brutalize and beat up our young black women and, and, and men out there in the community because that's these are the people who are policing our communities. And so they are they are just in shock. You know, he doesn't really know the exact plan that he's going to do for this, but he knows he's going to do it. And his team is like, doesn't know what to do now. You know, so we now we, we kind of pan back to Emmett. You know what I mean? We kind of, we see Emmett with um, with his girlfriend, Tiffany, having sex. And in the middle of sex, you can kind of, he's having, he's talking out loud. Like, what's, like, man, get out of my head. And he's talking to his dad in his head because he can hear his dad, that gift of country, his dad talking to him about, you know, him fucking up again and doing different things. And, and she keeps stopping, like, what's going on? He was like, nothing. And they keep smashing. He keeps doing the same thing over and over and over to the point where she just, like, gets fed up with him in that moment because he's like, having a full-on conversation with himself in his head, but he's saying it out loud. And so she kicks him off and I'm like, hey, what the, what the fuck's going on? You haven't been right since we got married. Like, what are you doing? And he's just sitting there on the side of the bed and he's just kind of like, you know, coming to himself. Should I come clean? What should I do at this moment? And, then, and he eventually he just comes out and says, hey, man, I fucked Dom. And she just get completely silent. And he's like, what do I do? You know, I mean, he's like, I'm sorry. I, I, it, and I apologize. And she gets up and she runs off into the bathroom. And then we cut back to the scene where we see, you know, Kev is, you know, he's he's in he's still at the college tour. Him and Jake, they meet up at the top of the stairs and he sees some white boys there and they're playing the video games. And of course, you know, he's like he's really heavy into the video games. 
because as we saw earlier in the show, his mom talked about, you know, we, if you're going to be on punishment, we're going to you know, take away your phone. We're going to take away those video games. So he's really big in the video games. But, you know, Jake, he's not really into the video games like that. He plays them, but he's not probably as good as kid. So, you know, Jake throws him some money. Like, hey, man, go man, go, go play. Go have some fun, man. Go go take that money. He's like, nah, nah, I'm not going to do it. So Jake eventually talks him into it. He goes, he sits down, sits down with the boys and they, they playing the game and he wins money. And he continued to win money. And so what they're going to do is, you know, because he's, you know, he's 16, 17, you know, 15, 16, 17, something like that age. And so they what they do is they they try to use the leverage of alcohol and drugs to try to win their money back. He, so he, he's like, hey, man, you know, you say you want to do some coke. And he's like, nah, man, that's white folks shit. I don't really do coke. You know what I mean? I just smoke my weed and drink. He's like, what about this? You know what I'm saying? So he gives, gives he's like peer pressure. Kelvin to taking drugs, you know, because nobody else is around here. Like Jake's not around him to kind of be like talk him out of it. Like, man, let's go, let's do this, let's let's get out of here. But no, he's like, man, I can do it. And so the white boy sets him up, gives him the pill. He pops the pill and he's drinking, he's smoking. And of course, you know what I'm saying? He's just there to dead the pain, dead numb the pain that he's going through. He pops the pill to kind of out of peer pressure. And next thing you know, he's all he's all out of it, man. You know, he starts, you know, he's drinking, he's smoking, he got pills in the system. And he starts feeling dazed and woozy and he starts losing his game. And the white boy turns around, wins his money back off of him. And then you can kind of see that, you know, that it's, it's, it's really taking effect on his game. And that's what the purpose of it, you know. And the guy, the white boy, the other white boy was in the room was like, man, he's a kid, man. He's like, man, he can, and the other boy was like, oh, he can do what he want to do. He's he a big boy. He can do it. He can handle it. And of course, the peer pressure got to Kev and he popped a pill. And next thing you know, he's kind of all off of it now. So we, we, we swap over to, we see Papa, you know, Papa's trying to get his podcast off the ground. Him and his girl, you know, they're in the room, they're talking about it. And he's trying to get Van Jones on his podcast. But, you know, in the podcast game, it takes time. Man. That's what she's trying to let him know. He's like, I'm going to get Van Jones on my podcast. I DM him. You know, man, he sent me back some words. So he thinking he thinking Van Jones is going to pop up in his apartment, in his room and do his podcast. But, you know, his girl is going to let him know, like, hey, look, man, you know, it's going to take time. And he thinks it. You know, she's being honest with him. And what he thinks is that she's not being, you know, not being um, with his back. She doesn't he doesn't think that she has his back, but she does. She's just been a little bit honest with him. And sometimes that honesty in the moment is not always the best. You just don't want to hear it because you want to have people to kind of like when you come up with an idea, you want them to be behind you 100 percent, both feet in no matter what. And so she was kind of giving him a dose of reality, like, look, man, you know, you, you're going, your podcast is going to be great. But, you know, Van Jones is not going to show up at this apartment. Not right now. And then she goes onto her social media and she sees that Van Jones is supposed to be on the red table talk and it kind of breaks into him. And so it kind of like really kind of sets him back in. But she was like, hey, look, but I got a backup plan for you. And he's like, what? And so she goes into the room and um, he kind of sets the podcast mic up and there and, and she just drops a flow on him. And he didn't really know that, you know, that she had that in her. You know, she starts rapping over the beat and it makes him open his eyes wide like wow you know she's my issue is just different you know and this is why I'm, that's why i love my issue man she's she's different she she shows me she showed me her, her her vulnerability she's showing me her what's really happening in her life and that really makes him you know feel a different kind of level of love for her you know man as you know and you just can see how he would just so in awe of her in that moment for her stepping up and taking care of, you know taking care of him in a way that he needed because you know that podcast game when you first get off you know you first started it takes a while to get you know people to start listening because it's not as discoverable as like you know youtube these other different things these platforms so for him for her to step up and do that for him really made him feel good 
And so we see we see Emmett mom and we kind of flash. We haven't really been seeing her a lot. So we see Emmett mom. And so Emmett mom has really been kind of like, you know, a focal point at certain points of the show. And now we kind of see what's going on with her. You know, Jada kind of she's been dating this masseuse, you know, what I mean, and the masseuse kind of gives a happy ending. But now they're kind of in a relationship and the thing comes up about her having her her class reunion and if he's going to if she's going to invite her to the, invite him to the class reunion because he's much younger than her and he and she's just kind of felt some kind of way at the moment she was just kind of like taken back like no i'm not you know that's not what not what we're going to do we don't, i don't know what we are but he's like you know he's in he's in, in awe of her he wants to be with her you know he doesn't care about the age and of course she she doesn't care about it but she cares about it and she wonders how she's going to look when she goes out with somebody much younger than her but he seems to love her and so you know he kind of continued to talk to her let her know like who we are and what we're going to do he's like he's pretty serious about this relationship and of course she is pretty serious too but she just kind of feel a little different because he's much younger than her they met doing you know her massage therapy sessions and now she's dating him and you know all of a sudden we, we we're in we're in this type of relationship but we don't know who we are and what we are and you know they're trying to figure out you know what the label is you're always in that you know that, that great area for a while when you first start talking you guys are just having fun you enjoying this you join each other's company and then you get you start to have sex and you kind of really you know you're, you're you're together every other day you're talking all the time you're texting all the time you're having more sex and then that dreaded question come up like what are we and and then you both have to kind of look yourself in the mirror and figure out like are we really a couple are we going to make this thing official or are we going to continue to do what we've been doing we're going to be cut buddies like what are we going to do and they kind of hit that wall right there in front of us and we kind of saw what was going what was going on but later, as we saw that, you know, she did decide to take him to his class reunion. And they are, of course, they, they think it was going to be a, a 70s throwback type class reunion. But when they get there, they're the only ones dressed up. And the friend that she went through through high school with, everybody has their friend where, you know, the girl who was always trying to take her man is what she said. He's like, oh, man, come so-and-so, so-and-so. You know, we've always had a, we always had a, a thing where, you know, she's always trying to get my man, which was Darnell. And she comes to talk to us like, hey, you know, you must have got left off the three. And she was like, what are you talking about? He's like, we, the guy, everybody decided not to do the savings thing. He was like, man, I thought Darnell, Darnell said that we were still going to do it. So it kind of makes her feel kind of left out. And she was like, oh, so you're here with him? He was like, oh, how'd you guys meet? He's like, oh, I gave her a massage one day. And she kind of looks at him and looks at him and looks at her and was like, oh, okay, that's how you, that's what you're doing. I was like, okay. And so it kind of makes her feel uncomfortable because she didn't want, you know, because she didn't want him to be um, talking about how they actually met because he's been the guy that was always the happy ending guy around the town when he goes to give people massages. And so that made her feel a little bit uncomfortable. And as we saw that a little bit later in the night when they were, you know, he was dancing with her best friend, which is um, Kevin's mom. And he and Kevin's mom kind of gave him no down. Hey, like, what you what you want from her? Like, he's like, man, I want to give her the world. She's like, she doesn't want the world. She just wants to grow old with somebody. And he's like, look, I want to be that person. And he wants to be the one that kind of takes care of her and be with her. And she's just kind of doing that that, fr that that best friend type of talk to the guy. Like, look, what are your intentions with my, with my friend? And, you know, just the, all those different questions with the girlfriend kind of kicks to the boyfriend at the time. Try to give him, try to run down on him and seeing what he all about and stuff like that. And she's just like, look, man, don't hurt my friend. And he's like, man, I, I'm not going to hurt her. I want to be with her. You know, I want to, I, I love her basically. He basically let Tilly know, like, I love her and I want to be with her. Man, shout out to Squarespace. I use them every single day for my website, for my photography. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't promote anything that I wouldn't do myself. Squarespace is trusted by the world's best because it empowers people with creative ideas to succeed. From websites and online stores to marketing tools, analytics, Squarespace is the all-in-one platform to build a beautiful online presence. 
Squarespace is the leader in the website design. Stand out online with a professional website, online store, or portfolio. With Squarespace, you can turn any idea into a reality. Choose from award-winning templates, customize the design to fit your personal styles and professional needs, drag and drop images onto your site, and easily move, add, and delete pages. Easily change front, colors, and page configuration, present your work with professional portfolio designs, display projects in customizable galleries, and password-protected pages to share private works with clients. Get 24-7 help from the Squarespace customer service support team, unlimited hosting, top-of-the-line security, and enterprise-grade infrastructure. Squarespace is the best place to start an e-commerce brand and grow. Whether you're just getting started or already selling products, Squarespace has everything you need to power your store and grow your business. Your customers can manage their cart and check out easily without leaving the store. Accept payments with Stripe, PayPal, Apple Pay, and Square. Manage local tax rates and shipping costs. Squarespace has marketing tools to help you grow your business and your audience. Drive traffic to your website and measure your success with powerful marketing and analytical tools. Squarespace has integration with all the leading social platforms so you keep customers up to date with the latest from your website and even buy products directly from Instagram. Highlight important announcements like seasonal sales or holiday hours with intuitive banners and promotions. Analyze and optimize with Squarespace analytics. From a single interface, get insight into your visitors and their behavior through visual reports covering statistics like page views, conversions, popular content, and more. Squarespace has transparent and affordable domain purchasing, upfront pricing, no hidden fees. If you're not ready to create a website, don't worry. When you register your domain with Squarespace, Squarespace sets up a beautiful spam-free holding page while you finalize your vision. When you're ready to create your beautiful website to promote your business, don't forget about Squarespace and to support the Dough Vision Experience podcast and my YouTube channel. You'll first need to click my link in the show notes, save 10% off your subscription of your website and use my promo code PARTNER10 at checkout. Make sure you use the link in my show notes and put that PARTNER10 in. It's very important. If you're looking to kick off your business and you want to sell merch, if you want to sell t-shirts, hat, cups, or whatever the case may be, and you're not quite sure where to start or how much inventory to, to stash at your house, man, I got a great idea for you. Instead of doing all that, let's try something different. Let's try a print-on-demand company. If you're really down for that, man, check out Printful. It's a print-on-demand company that makes things a lot easier for you. It handles all your shipping, handles all your returns. All you have to do is upload your design, pick out the price that you want, and away you go with your marketing. Again, if you're looking for something that's different, do print-on-demand instead of having to stash all those t-shirts and all the inventory at your house if this sounds awesome to you man click the link in my show notes set up the store and let me know how it goes now let's get back to the show so now we flip back over to the scene with tiff you know we wonder what tiff was going to do and as we see she kind of of course she ran back to the guy that she was that she was selling selling weed to you know the guy that was hitting on her he runs she runs back to him and of course out of out of anger and, and, and anger and, and jealousy and you know all those different things because they're going playing through her head how you know he's always been how how uh emma always been fucking up cheating on her and, and running her through the mud and you know how he smashed dumb and he thought everything was okay with it they're working together and and then you know she's trying to work with dumb and come up with these new recipes for the weed and she just has all this in her mind and she goes and she lets old boy smash already she let him smash and damn it went down and then you could see kind of pan they kind of cut back to you know it's, it's date it's morning time now and she's in the bed with him laying sleeping they cut back to uh to emmett he's at the crib he's just looking out the window he's sitting in the chair looking at the door you know because she's quiet you know what i mean she's not she didn't say anything when she left she was after he told her that and he's like you know he's like really like what's going on what's going to happen where is she 
what is she doing? And it's the morning time. And he's just like standing at the window looking for her, sitting at the door, looking at the door, wondering when she's going to come home. And he got to live with that. You know what I mean? He has to live with that. He got it off his chest. He fucked up. He told her she went there what she did. And they're going to have to try to figure out how they can get through it. They may have to go back to therapy or something. But, you know, we don't know what's going to happen after this. And so now we cut back to Trig. You know, he was going to the store and he comes out and he see the police is ha harassing, his, harassing his man. And he's like, man, why are you doing him like this, man? That's my cousin. He's sitting out in front of the store all the time. And so, of course, we see, we notice all this, all this is happening now because of the defund the police comment that came out of Duda's mouth. So the police are being extra aggressive in the streets. So this gentleman who normally sits outside the store and he's always out there and everybody knows him and Trick comes out like, what are you doing? That's my cousin, man. Why are you, why are you doing him like that? And, you know, he puts the cuffs on him and let him know he's going to jail for loitering. He's like, man, that man ain't going harm nobody in this neighborhood. He's always out here. Everybody knows who he is. He's not going to harm a soul out here. They know how he do and they know what he does out here every single day. Like he pulls out his phone. And so everybody starts to look and more people start to come around. So, you know, Trick tell him, pull out your phone. Everybody, pull out your phones right now. Pull out your phones. And he's talking to the police out loud. Like, pull out your phones. This is what you're going, this is what you're doing in our community. Why are you here? We don't need you. We don't need you in our community. We don't need you police in our community. We can take care of ourselves. We don't need you guys no more. Get out of our community. And so the guy who was um, the guy who was actually being harassed was on the ground. They was putting the cuffs on him. And so they had one cuff on him. He started to stand up and all of a sudden he pulls the, he pulls the gun out. And so everybody's, and he continues to end. So Trig is getting extra amped up. He's like, look, man, everybody grab your phones right now. I need you to record this. Record what's going on. We're going to show you, show the world what you're doing here in our communities. We're going to show what's going on. Because, you know, we really don't see sometimes before those cell phones come, we didn't see the footage of what they were doing to each, to, doing to our people in those communities. In order for the world to see what's going on, it has to be video recorded. It has to be seen. And so this is where he pulled out his phone and this is where he's showing the cop like because the cop has his gun, his gun drawn down on the guy and he's like, look, man, you're going to kill him out here in front of everybody. We got you on tape. And so the guy kind of calms down. He's like, man, I'm not in this for the other, the other cop that was with him. Like, hey, look, I'm not for this for today. He's like, man, I can take him home right now. And so he kind of let, lets the cuff go off of him. Like, look, man, if you come here again, we're going to put we're going to let we're gonna run you downtown. And so he lets him go. And so you can see that Trigg is just really on edge after what happened to his brother. He's like really tired of what's going on. You know, he's like he really tired of what's going on in his community. He's tired of the police coming in there. So I can see that change is happening in Trigg. He can kind of see that he's actually, you know, he's he's getting very fed up with the situation and the system that's happening, you know, to us and to our black community. So now we cut back to Kev and, you know, of course, he's all out of it. He's drunk. He's high. He's on the pills. And, and so he's coming back to the tour. And Jim was like, hey, what's going on with you, Kev? Are you drunk? What's wrong? Because he's stumbling up the stairs. And of course, the tour guy later who took him to the tour is like, Kevin, are you OK? Please tell me you're not drunk. Please tell me you're not intoxicated right now. And so he's so out of it and he's good. He get, get kicked off the college tour and he has to call his sister to come pick him up. And he goes to the house and of course he's he's all, you know, he's all woozy. He's throwing up and Keisha's like, look, man, what are you doing? I was supposed to be in college right now. What are you doing? Get it together, Kevin. And he's trying, she's trying to give him that big sister talk, you know, let him know. But of course he just doesn't want to hear it right now. He's throwing up, he's hung over. And it's just a, just a situation that, you know, a young, young teen goes through, man, when they get, you know, get traumatized by the police and just the life, man, just a lot been going on in young guys, young boys life, man. 
you know, you know, his friend, his friend, his friend, his, his, his big brother that he's always looked up to him. He's no longer on the show. He's no longer can go to him. You know, he shot somebody early in the early season. His sister get kidnapped, kidnapped and raped. You know, his mom, his dad, his dad dies. And, you know, he just has a lot going on, man. And, and get caught up in that police brutality right in front of his eyes. And for him not to have done anything, really got some feeling some kind of way about it. He just got a lot going on in his mind. And he's turned to drugs and alcohol to try to, you know, to cope with that pain. And that's what the young young generation do. You know, as a young teenager, man, you lean on those drugs because those things numb the pain. And he's kind of going through those. He's kind of going through that stage right now until somebody can kind of really get down to those deep rooted issues of what he's what he has going on. And until he can figure out those deep rooted issues, he's going to continue to go down that path. And hopefully, man, somebody can kind of steer him down the right path and keep him from going down that, that negative and down that dark path and going to get into trouble and things like that. And so we know Keisha's kind of in limbo about the baby. You know, she doesn't really know what she wants to do about it. So, you know, she's trying to give him that that big sister, you know, talk and trying to keep him on uh, straight and narrow. But it just doesn't seem like it's, ha it's working right now. So now we, we kind of cut back to, you know, um, Jada. And, you know, she has a, a little boyfriend, a massage therapist. And, and they're in the bed and they're laying down. And she has her top off and he's kind of rubbing all over. Of course, he's a masseuse, so he knows the, he knows her body. So he's rubbing on her body. And he rubs on her breast and he feels something on her breast. He's like, hey, what's this? And he was, she was like, oh, don't worry about that, man. I know, I know that's been there. I get this looked at every year on my birthday. And he feels concerned. He was like, you sure? And she was like, yeah, I go get this looked at. You, you, you seem concerned. He was like, man, don't be, don't be worried about it. I get it looked at all the time. You know, year to year, I get it checked out. It's like, but, and so she tells him, if you feel comfortable, you feel better about it, I'll go get checked out. So she goes to the doctor and she sits down and the doctor comes in and, you know, she doesn't get the best of news you know what i mean she gets the news that she has cancer and they have to put on some you know some type of medication trying the, the early stages or the, the stage different stages of cancer that she could possibly have they didn't say was it breast cancer or what kind of cancer but she does have cancer and it got it shook her up you know and she's in such a daze at this moment and so if it wasn't for her her boyfriend the massage therapist she wouldn't have gotten it, gotten it looked at so luckily he told her, you know, he had some concerns to give her the indication to go get it looked at again and to know her status. So, you know, what I mean, like if you are like this is a different this is a different point in the podcast I want to talk about. Like if you are, you know, a young lady and you haven't had your your breast looked at. Please go get your breasts looked at and, and please get them checked out on a yearly, you know, quarterly basis, every six months. Just continue, you know, get yourself checked out. Know your status when it comes to, you know, your breasts because a small lump can lead to something very, you know, significant. You know what I mean? You know, my my uh, my family, you know, we, you know, some people in my family have to get, you know, things checked out and, and come back and not be positive. And so have to go to the doctor. You just make sure you are getting checked out, ladies. If you are a young lady listening to this, I, you know, I suggest, I implore, I ask of you to go to the doctor to get your breast checked out because these things are very common in our uh, community and we don't get it checked out on a norm so please go know your status and know what's happening with your body so that i want to go ahead and wrap wrap this podcast up man i hope you guys have really been enjoying it man i'm gonna continue to do these recaps week in and week out until the season is over if you'd like to link up and tap in with me and talk about these podcasts please let me know i love to you know connect with you we can jump on the pod together you can hit me on my dms you can email me you can tweet me however you want to do it you can reach me at dopevisionsf at gmail.com you can reach me at you know 
know, Dope Vision SF on any of the social media platforms. Let's connect. Let's talk about it. And as I say always, it's collaboration over competition. You know the vibes. It's your boy Frank Nitty from the SIP. And until the next time, I'm out. I really hope you guys enjoyed this episode. If you'd like to grab some merch, canvas prints for your home or office, or see the full-length video from this episode, please visit dovision.com. Follow me on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at dovisionsf. Also, send me an email of someone you'd like to hear on the podcast at dovisionsf at gmail.com. Also, please join the Dovision Club at patreon.com forward slash dovision for early access to the content and some of the behind-the-scenes look of some of the episodes that I create. While you're listening, don't forget to hit, hit the subscribe button and comment on the podcast as well as my YouTube channel and turn on those post notifications so that you'll be notified each and every time I drop a new episode. Thanks for listening. And remember, collaboration over competition. Until next time, this your boy Frank Nitty and I'm out. <laughs>